eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Got time over the middle. Camarillo's got it. 40. He might 30. score. He may go the distance. The Bobby Dolphins have it. What a Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What the Dolphins have done it. They have won this football game. Take us out of the history book. We're not going in for that one, baby. Hello and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is MC Money joined here by Certain the Creepy Soccer Dad and Houts MD. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was the radio call from Greg Camarillo's game-winning touchdown catch in overtime during the dreadful 1-15 season under Cam Cameron. We're going to be joined by Greg in just a few moments. rest of the show includes our take on the implications of sports betting. We'll talk a little bit about the rookies, and then we plan to interject a little bit of twisted humor towards the end of the show. But for now, let's get right to it with Greg. Greg, thank you for joining Finsider Radio first. How are you doing, and what have you been up to these days? Oh, thanks for having me, fellas. Um, let's see, since I hung up the cleats, I moved back to San Diego, where my career started and where my wife is from. I um, knew I wanted to work with athletes and uh, like college athletes, so I got a master's degree in educational leadership and have since then been at the University of San Diego as uh, an academic counselor for the athletics department. Greg Sutton here. Thanks again for spending some time with us today. One of the characteristics that the Dolphins had talked about this offseason was work ethic. And I don't know if anybody knows your college story. You actually walked on to Stanford as a punter. Is that true? Yeah. 
I was a uh, punter so, slash receiver. <laughs> so you walk on as a punter, you you end up catalyzing that into a uh, being at Stanford for four, four years playing wide receiver. Then again, uh, you don't hear your name called during the draft. You become an undrafted free agent for for the now Los Angeles Chargers. What kind of advice would you give some new rookies coming into the NFL just in terms of work ethic A and then B, being a real student of the game because you're three-time academic all-pack 10. So what kind of tutelage would you give to some of these rookies coming in in terms of approaching the professional game? Yeah, um, you kind of hit on it. The first one is be a student of the game. So uh, something that always helped me was knowing the playbook. You know, as soon as it's, um, a group of plays was assigned. They break it down to you as far as, you know, you're going to learn these 20 plays this week, these 20 next week, uh, making sure I knew all of them and not just what I do, what any potential receiver could do. So it could be, you know, your standard X and Z, which are the two main receivers, but also a slot receiver. What is the tight end doing just in case, you know, we go four wide and that becomes a receiver because um, it just gives you more opportunity to get on the field. If you know what you're doing at other spots and someone gets hurt, and coach says, I need someone, you go running out there. And if you know what you're doing, you've got uh, more opportunity to get out there. Uh, and then the second one would be a willingness to do anything, whatever the coaches ask, whatever they don't ask. Uh, if if it's special teams, if it's um, fetching water, whatever it is, do something. And it was, uh, for me, it was special teams. If, if um, they wanted someone to go run down on kickoff, I was there. And, you know, I played at a probably – 195 pounds, and I was willing to dive into the the now outlawed wedge on kickoff, uh, <laughs> where my job was to run head first into two 300 pounders. I did it once. <laughs> I, it was miserable, but it proved to the coaches that if they ask me to do something, I'm going to make it happen, uh, and I'm going to give my best effort while doing it. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I know we were going to talk about the Ravens, so let me ask you this. December 16, 2007, Dolphins are heading into that game. Uh, crazy game. I know the Ravens had a chance to win it there at the end and refused to, to go for it on fourth down, so they kicked the field goal. Uh, what was going through everyone's mind when, you know, Stover came out in the field? I think he had another chance in overtime, uh, missed it, and then you guys were trotting onto the field with that chance to, you know, in, in all of our minds, I mean, we haven't seen a Super Bowl. This was the closest thing that we may ever see to a Super Bowl. I mean, the way that it made us feel – uh, and, I mean, it was it was something that we'll never forget. So just take us back to that day and give us a little insight on the play and all that. Um, it was a season of what else could go wrong. Uh, and unfortunately, that was my mindset. I can't really speak for the whole team, but it was, you know, this team was a, a half a yard away from, from winning a game. Um, what else could go wrong? And then they tried the field goal out there. Okay, we're going to overtime. Uh, and then they got a shot to kick it to win it. What you know? Oh well, we lost another one. We're we're, we're going to be infamous for being the, the first defeated team for 16 straight losses. Uh, and then it was a miss, and then that little glimmer of hope, pretty much that we'd been missing all season, um, jumped out there. And it, and it wasn't uh, let's go win this right now, but it was like we've got a shot. Let's go see what we could do. Um, and then it just happened to work out that, uh, you know, I, I got the ball at the right time. Um, and Cleo Lemon hit me wide open, and we took off and won a game. Greg, that was obviously, you know, like how it said, a crazy moment for, for all Dolphins fans because that was the only win in a in really terrible season. And for you guys working there every single day, 
obviously a lot worse. So I have a two-part question for you. One, was there constant chatter throughout the season of the Dolphins going 0-16? And then two, once you won that, that first game and the only game that season, you know, what was the rest of the season like? Was it, you know, kind of the monkey off the back there? We got that one win. Let's just finish the season and see what happens from here. Or was it, you know, let's, let's keep going and get, try to get, you know, another win and obviously and keep moving forward. Uh, so the first part, it was, let's see, I, I showed up on the team week one. Um, so I didn't know what training camp and all that was like, but I'm assuming no team plans to ever lose that many games at and three. We had a little team powwow in the locker room trying to figure out what was wrong and, and right the ship. Uh, at 0-8, we went to – at 0-7, we went to London and played the Giants' loss. So, at 0-8, we had just finished traveling um, across the Atlantic into bye week and hadn't won a game. Um, so, that was kind of the point where it started becoming – the talk was, might they go undefeated the whole season? Uh, and this was also the, I believe, the 35th anniversary of the undefeated team. Um, so here we are, you know, recognizing and celebrating the greatness that the Dolphins used to be while we were doing the total opposite. Um, and so it, it, at 0-8, it became a weekly thing, like, okay, this, you know, if they lose this one, they really might lose them all. Uh, and every week we came to work just thinking, let's let's get one. And then when we did get that one, it was, the monkey was off the back. It was not like, let's see if we can rally and get three. It was just like, man, we won. Let's, let's go out here and play next week. And I think we played the Patriots the next week. And you know, that's never a gimme. Um, and then maybe the Bengals, but we ended up losing those two. Greg, I'm not asking you to throw anyone under the bus here. And, um, but you know, being in that locker room for that season, you know, how hard is it to keep moving, to keep grinding? Obviously you're all professionals. Obviously you're trying to get a job done. But, you know, Cam Cameron was this amazing offensive coordinator coming from, from various factions of the NFL as he, as he grew up in the ranks. And all of a sudden, that, that whole team was just a mess in sorts because the wins weren't coming. And there was a lot of close games um, in terms of losing by three points, six points, whatever. Just couldn't find that thing to turn the corner. But how hard is it as a professional athlete whose competitive drive is off the charts to try to go through a season like that? It sucks. Um, and, you know, we had – we lost a lot of close games, uh, which makes it even worse. If, if you got there and go blow, get blown out, you know, your heart doesn't hurt as bad as when you were right there in the game and, and then lost it in the fourth quarter. Uh, but the amount of energy that one has to put into a football game every work, every week to learn the game plan, to practice, to go get beat up, uh, and then to come up empty-handed week after week is draining. Uh, and it's not just physically draining, it's emotionally draining. And then uh, all the interviews were about when will you guys win, all your family's asking when will you guys win. It uh, it sucks, and it snowballs. So every week every week it happens, it gets worse and worse and worse. And then um, we had a lot of injuries too. So we were playing with guys like me, guys that hadn't didn't have much experience, that are just thrown out there and we're – a ragtag team trying to get a win, and it was uh, it was really tough, and um, I re- I don't wish it upon anyone. <laughs> Maybe upon the Patriots. Greg, I might wish it upon the Patriots. <laughs> uh, 
Greg, let's end, let's end everything on a good note here. Share with us during your stint with the Dolphins, share with us one of the goofiest guys in the locker room, and if you're willing to, one of the craziest stories you're allowed to share with us from the locker room. Oh, man. Crazy stories from the locker room. Um, Channing Crowder was by far the biggest clown of the group, um, <laughs> which I'm sure he, he's still entertaining people on the radio in South Florida. I don't have a, uh, I don't have a great locker room story for you. Um, there's not one particular moment that stick that sticks out that I can um, speak on, but um, it was a good group of guys and a fun, a fun bunch of dudes to go with. It, I mean, clearly it was more fun the next year when we uh, turned things around and made a, and got into the playoffs. Um, but Channing Crowder will, will for always be one of the. the the wildest, most hilarious teammates I've ever had. Any <laughs> absolutely someone who does not, um, you know, he puts himself out there and is very funny. And your story sounds spot on there. Um, one more question before we let you go, Greg. The greatest player you ever played with? Oh wow! Greatest player I ever played with. Um, let's see. Let's probably Ladanian Tomlinson. In uh, in San Diego, just you know, I, I for my first two years, I got to watch him play and just to watch him uh, get after it. Yeah, he just he could do everything. Uh, probably the greatest leader I played with was uh, Chad Pennington. Um, was obviously my quarterback, so I, I'm I'm biased with that. But from the day he showed up, uh, he came in during training camp from the Jets to the Dolphins and immediately held us to a high standard. And it's hard to do it as the new guy on a team, you know, it was easier to sit back and kind of figure out what's going on. But from the very first day, he demanded better than what we had put on the field. And and that's what allowed us to to turn the Dolphins around in 2008 and make the playoffs. All right, Greg Camarillo, the hero for all Miami Dolphins fans everywhere. Greg, thank you for joining us here on Finsider Radio. We appreciate your time. Cool. Thanks, fellas. In an interview with Greg Camarillo, and, you know, the guy didn't have a a huge NFL career, but he made one name for himself, and that was with the Miami Dolphins. With that one catch, that one play defines Greg Camarillo's NFL career, and it's just crazy how that can happen is, like he said, he was on the roster week one. By the end of the season, he is one of the most – known players in Miami Dolphins history. I mean, you say Greg Camarillo, everyone knows exactly why you're bringing his name up. It's not like because he had a great season there, a great season here. We can all, that was one of those where were you moments, right? We have so many of those uh, throughout Dolphins history in terms of where were you when this happened? You know, I can think back now, where was I when the Dolphins clinched the AFC East when Chad Pennington came? sitting right in my house on the sofa, jumping up and down. Uh, Other moments, where were you when Nick Saban announced that he was leaving the Miami Dolphins? And when it all came to a boil, where were you when Nick Saban was hired? Where were you when Dan Marino retired? Hopefully, we're going to say, where were you when Minka Fitzpatrick was drafted and 20 years from now when he's inducted into Hall of Fame? But where were you when Greg Camarillo caught that touchdown pass to secure 
the Dolphins' first and only win of the season and to make sure they were not going 0-16. We've all shared the stories on Twitter, but for me, you know, I'm sitting downstairs. Um, I was obviously living with my parents at the time. This was, what, 2007? So this was 11 years ago, right? Just turning 20 years old, probably 19 even maybe. No, I was about 20 years old. You know, still living with my parents. I think I was in college, ex-girlfriend sitting on the sofa. I had uh, broken her leg in a car accident a few weeks earlier um, in October. Fell asleep driving home from Fenway Park. They were playing the Indians, actually. And the game went, I think, 15, 16, maybe even 17 innings. And we stayed the entire time. Didn't leave the stadium until about 3 a.m. Drove home. I was tired. Uh, Next thing you know, I'm crashing into a tree. She gets thrown out of the car and, and 13 different spots her leg is broken. But anyways, you know, she's sitting on the sofa with her leg up in the air. I'm, I'm watching the game and Camarillo catches it. I just jump right up on the sofa, almost smash right onto her leg again, almost break it in 25 different other places. I'm just going crazy. She's screaming in pain, withering in pain because I just knocked her leg out of place. But at that point, the Dolphins... <laughs> Their only win of the season meant a whole lot to me at that time. And I was just in my own moment. And I think my euphoria lasted for uh, several minutes straight. And then again, obviously the rest of the week until they then went to the New England Patriots and got crushed. For you, Houts, for you, Sutton, where were you when this happened? Yeah, I don't know if many people know this about me, but during that time, I was a skateboarder. I did a lot of skateboarding throughout my, uh, you know, that 16 to 19-year-old life. And for me, I didn't really watch much Dolphins football. I listened to a lot of it because up here in Pennsylvania, my parents didn't have direct TV. So I either listened to it on the radio or prayed to God they were on TV. And that day, Baltimore, the Ravens, they were on TV. That was one of those local teams that they always showed on CBS. And I mean, I sat there with my dad and one of my ex-girlfriends at the time, and we just watched that entire game, and I just sat there and prayed to the gods in, in the sky above us all that, you know, the Dolphins were going to get that victory. They would somehow pull out that improbable win. And, I mean, we talked about it a bit with Greg there. I mean, why why Brian Billick didn't go for it on fourth down at the, what, half-yard line? I mean, it it still baffles me to this day, but for whatever reason, he didn't go for it. They brought out Stover. He kicked that field goal, went to overtime, then Stover shanked it. And then, I mean, Cleo Lemon, I mean – we can all just see that play develop in our head. He backs up, drops back to pass. You see Camrio have a step on the defender. He's running that slant route. He catches it, and he is just running his ass off to the end zone. When he gets to the back of it, I mean, he just gets swamped, smothered by every player on the roster. The fans are going nuts. I said it when we talked to Greg, and I say it now. I mean, I hope to God that someday we see a Dolphins Super Bowl. But if we don't, I mean, that might be the closest thing that we ever have to that moment-defining you know, you're just – the hairs are on your arms. You're standing up, goosebumps all over. I mean, it was an epic moment. And like you said, it's something that no matter who you are, no matter what kind of Dolphins fan you are, I mean, that's something you'll never forget that day. When Greg Camrio caught that pass, the Dolphins won their first game of the year. They went on to go 1-15, uh, and 15, but it was a hell of a game. It was epic. And we love you, Greg Camrio. Thank you for that because without that, we're just another 0-16 team like the Lions and the teams that done it after them. So, I mean, for me, uh, I'm thankful for Greg Camrio, that Cleo Lemon pass, and I'll never forget it. So, epic day, epic play. 
Yeah, quick side story, uh, Matthew. Thanks for sharing. You know your car accident story with me. Hopefully, everybody that's listening is on the couch right now because the first time I heard that story was on the way back to <laughs> MetLife, back to Connecticut, when we were all drunk and half asleep, except for Matthew. But still, it kind of scared the crap out of me him telling me that story while we happened to be in a moving car. But anyway, yeah, with with ice on the road that night, there was ice on the road. It was freezing rain. Yeah, we were all getting was... out of the stadium at like what twelve thirty at night. We were oh, driving yeah, back late. two and a half hours back to Connecticut. I was dropping your ass off out in Bridgeport, I think. And yeah, yeah. And I, st- I, I, we... I just re- I still remember stopping to get a coffee, and I had my phone holder oh, yeah, in my yeah. coffee coffee cup holder. I, I put my coffee down. I'm all excited. I got a coffee. I'm good. I'm ready to go. Right. And then I pick it up again about 10 minutes later to start drinking it. There's no coffee in there. I'm like, what the hell? Apparently, when I put it in the cup holder, my phone holder jammed a hole right on the bottom of it. All the coffee was spilling out in the cup holder. No way to get the coffee out of there. So I pull over. I pick up a pile of snow on the ground. I put it in my cup holder to absorb the snow. And I just keep doing that over and over until all the snow is gone. That was a fun night. That was the first time I told you, huh? I didn't tell you in Cleveland when I met you there. Uh, I don't know. We were all, that was, a we were all kind of night. That I don't know that I, was, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember much <laughs> of anything that night, but anyway, yeah. It, it, anyway, back to Camarillo. I was at a B-dubs in Athens, Ohio. What's a B-dubs? A Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, they just got bought up by Arby's by the way. That's what I heard. I had no idea. Arby's just had billions of dollars laying around to buy yeah, B-dubs, uh-huh. but, um, yeah, that kind of caught me off guard a little bit. But, yeah, I happened to be there by myself as usual. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's yeah, small town Athens, Ohio, where, ironically Quentin enough, Pauling. our interview, Quentin Polling's from, yeah, boy, um, in Athens, Ohio. And I, I, I couldn't believe it. And one of the best scenes was watching Wayne Huizenga, uh rest in peace, Wayne, Watching those tears come down his face as he runs into the end zone and just the jubilation from everybody. That's one of my favorite scenes as a Dolphins fan. I know for people like me who were born in the early 80s and have come through uh, being a Dolphins fan during that era, um, this is one of the few uh, highlights of being a Dolphins fan right there. And that's definitely one of them. So I was really excited and happy to be able to um, interview Greg today. You could hear it on the radio call that we played at the top of the show, just the excitement in all their voices. You know, the radio announcers, they don't get a lot of credit, but at the end of the day, these local radio announcers, they are fans of the team. I mean, you could put on any radio broadcast throughout the NFL season and preseason, and you could tell there is a lot of bias when it comes to radio announcers. You don't always get that on TV, although sometimes it shines through in terms of who they actually really favor. But the radio guys, there is no hiding it. And and these guys suffer like the rest of the players. They're on the team pretty much every day. We as fans were away from the team. We still have to deal with everything through the week and then on Sundays or Mondays or whatever the game is. But, you know, the radio guys suffer through it all. And to cover an 0-16, 0-15, 1-15 team, I mean, that's brutal. Um, I've done it with not nearly to that level, but – High school sports, you know, I've covered bad teams and there's no energy. There's no energy from the crowd. There's no energy from the public. There's no energy from the community. And, and you're showing up to the game knowing that you're going to get beat. 
and you have enthusiasm for the first maybe five minutes, and then you realize it's all going to hell right after. And I'm sure these radio guys were doing that every game. And then to have this happen, their jubilation in their voice is absolutely tremendous to listen to back. I mean, we, we sit back now and we look back at these games and it's like, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. It's like, oh, we weren't as bad as we thought they were at the time. Or we could say, damn, they were really bad. And we just sit back and look at, you know, how bad some of the teams were constructed, even though at the time we thought maybe they were decent and it was all the coaching, but there are so many layers to the NFL. We're not going to get into all that, but, you know, just it was fun to talk to Greg to relive that moment. Uh, it sounds crazy to say it was a great moment in Dolphins history, but when you look at that season, it was a great moment in Dolphins history. Any last words on Greg? Yeah, I was just going to say poor Houts had some involuntary mechanisms going on before that interview. Um, poor guy <laughs> yeah, had the intestinal. Do you want to tell us about that? You want to talk about your fear poops? Am I allowed? Are you guys going to? Is it going to get censored and you're just going to beep it all out? You can right, say don't, poop, Houts. Don't, 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 don't curse. Don't curse. I don't want to beep it out all night. All right, I'll say poop. Okay, so my wife, uh, Babies R Us, has a huge sale. We just had a, a newborn daughter. My wife wanted to go over to Babies R Us, so I dropped her off. I said, I got to go to the car and you know, do this interview with Greg Camarillo. Like, no big deal, whatever. So I'm sitting in the car. I call into the to the podcast, and uh, I get defense. So I'm sitting there, and I feel my stomach start to rumble. And I'm like, oh, darn, I, I got to go to number two. So I ran into Babies R Us. Didn't even say hi to my wife and daughter. Just ran back to the bathroom. <laughs> Did what I did. I uh, sat bare butt down in that toilet seat. I unleashed uh, lots of poop, and then I ran back out and did the interview <laughs> with Gary Camarillo. It was, it's, it's something I have. It has to be a fear thing because right before the draft the other week, I mean Thursday night, eight o'clock was coming around, and right before it started, there it was a poop. Day two, another poop. So I don't know. I need to go to the doctor or something. But there's my story. Sorry so it sounds like you have irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah, and you may want to talk to the doctor about that because there are cures for that. Apparently, this is not the first time this has happened to you, no? <laughs> no, like I said, during the draft, I mean, you know, <laughs> that interview I did on that San Diego radio station for Landry that lasted like 30 seconds, but I was like mid-wipe when they called me. So, I mean, it just seems to be an issue that I have that I need to get figured out, but. Poor guy. I don't know what we're so, going to do. So, uh, you, know you, you know it's the off season when this happens, when this kind of discussion takes place on Finsider Radio. And we are going to. You guys. We are going to. We are going to do our best to entertain all of you so you keep tuning in each and every week. We're really going to try to have fun. If you have fear poops. If you have fear poops, it's true. It happens to me sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Tweet, tweet to us sometimes. about it. Tweet us about it. We'll help you through it. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to, we're going to try hard to keep you guys entertained. We're going to have one to two discussions each week in the off season when it's dead, just about fun stuff. We're going to try to keep it focused on football. We're going to try to keep it focused on the dolphins with these fun conversations, but there are no guarantees. We will talk about football. We will talk about the dolphins as much as we can, but at this point, it's a lot of dead time, um, a lot of filler space, but stay with us. We're going to make you laugh. We're going to keep you entertained. We're also going to talk about things that will be of interest to you. And one of those things is sports betting and and legal gambling with sports. And the Supreme court just the other day ruled that banning sports gambling is unconstitutional and it can't happen. So now it's going to be up to the individual States to figure out what they're going to do for me. House and son, this is great news, right? I play fantasy football and I love fantasy football, right? But there are some weeks 
or I sit there and I say, why do I play fantasy football? And I'm sure every person who plays fantasy football has said this about 85 times throughout the course of a season. And they always say, like me, oh, this is the last year I'm playing fantasy football. Next year, I'm just going to enjoy football. I want to sit down, not stress about setting lineups, waiver wires, all that crazy stuff. And then we find ourselves in August getting that itch with the draft coming up, getting that itch to get back involved. And before you know it, we're 10 leagues deep. Uh, Two years ago, I was seven leagues deep, seven or eight leagues deep, and that was absolutely insane. And that was the last time I ever joined that many leagues. I paired it down to three leagues last year. I'm trying to get down to two and then keep it at two. Ideally, I'd like one, but you know, two is the two leagues I've been in for quite a while. I can't just abandon my boys like that. But anyways, you know, going back to my original point, there are some weeks where I say, why am I rooting for one player? Or why am I putting all my money that I play with fantasy football on one player? When fantasy football, or not fantasy football, when football is a team sport. And some days I sit there and I say, you know, if I could bet, and in no way am I condoning betting, or in no way am I saying you should go bet. But me personally, you know, if if I could bet on a team, I would feel more comfortable betting on a team than a player. And I think I'd be more engaged in the entire game if I was betting on a team rather than one player. Obviously, the stress is still there, right? And obviously, the rules are different. You got to... Uh, bet on the line, you can bet the props, you can go over under, you can do the parlays, you can do the teasers, you can do all of that. So the stress is still there. The stress might be a little more because when you're putting money down on a game, it's just that one game. So you might throw 50 bucks, 40 bucks, 60 bucks on one game, whereas you spend 100 bucks, 150 on an entire season of fantasy football. So pros and cons, obviously. And they always say the house in the end, always wins, which is true, right? But if you're smart about it, you can try to find a way to come out on top. But for me, and I don't know about you, Houts and Sutton, if I live in Connecticut, if they allow legal gambling in Connecticut, and I think that's the path they're looking at because Connecticut is in desperate need of new revenue sources, and we have a casino here um, in Connecticut, Mohegan Sun, I think I'd find myself at Mohegan Sun on some Sundays just kind of taking it all in and throwing bets out during the games and doing some prop bets and just having a good time. You see all these photos of Vegas and people just hanging out in the sports books all day and, and, you know, having the free drinks, the complimentary drinks, having some food, some complimentary food, if you're at the right place. And and it just looks like a fun time to be had. And you just hang out with some guys, you go by yourself and, and you watch the games, you throw some bets out, you throw some money out. And for me, I'd rather just bet on a team than an individual player. Your thoughts, how it's inside. Yeah, man, I'm a degenerate. Like you said, I uh, (laughs) thoroughly enjoy fantasy football. It's a a passion of mine. I'm trying to weed down those leagues, but they just seem to go up each year. So, I mean, to be able to sit here and bet like prop bets, like you said, to bet on the Dolphins with the over, the under, whatever it may be, it would just be awesome. I know that I have a buddy. uh, We live near Jersey, so, I mean, it's something that we can kind of go over there and I believe that's where we legally gamble. I really don't know. I don't ask questions. We uh, Last year, maybe it was two years ago, we won a fantasy league. We put those winnings towards uh, the Packers defeating the Cowboys in the playoffs. And I think Crosby came out and hit some big-ass uh, field goal to win it. And we ended up winning uh, 
almost doubling, maybe even tripling our money. So, I mean, uh, it's something I'm very interested in. I don't know how it will, uh, you know, how it will, my bank account may suffer or how sad I may be on Sundays, even more so than with the Dolphins and fantasy football. But I mean, to sit here and be able to watch a game and say, okay, you know, the Patriots, I'm going to pick the Patriots this week, which none of us will, of course, but you say, okay, we got the Patriots, I got the Jags, I got the Dolphins, and I got, uh, you know, the Redskins, and your team's all hit and you make big money. I mean, it'd be awesome to be able to just go to, go like you said, down there on a Sunday, put money down and see what happens. So I think this is a great thing. I hope that Pennsylvania adapts that. And whether or not it changes the way I view fantasy football, I'm not sure it will, but I will absolutely be betting money. Uh, not such big money like, you know, Sutton does on basketball games, but $25, here and there. Uh, I have no problem with that. What about you, son? How else do you, um, do you have to poop before you set your fantasy lineup? If it's like in the <laughs> fantasy playoffs or, you know, you're playoffs, scared about playoffs, maybe some, sometimes I have to poop before this, <laughs> this podcast that we do because it's just <laughs> epic. I'm scared of the questions you guys might ask. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, so let's just say um, I have a friend that really is involved in the betting community and doing different things. For me personally, I'm kind of curious how it's going to look in a state right. other than Nevada that doesn't just have casinos and sports books everywhere. So I would imagine there's a thousand tech companies out there getting apps ready to try to get this oh, to yeah. go mobile. Oh, yeah. I, there's no question about it. But from from my personal experience, there's nothing better than just being able to walk up to a sports book, put in your ticket, and then being able to walk right up to them and get your cash on the spot, no strings yes, attached. Yes. You don't, you know, there, there's no loopholes you have to go through, no Absolutely. ads, no nothing. Um, so I think that's probably it in its purest form. So I would just caution everybody. Um, I, I would imagine the people that really wanted to gamble were gambling anyway. Of course. Um, but I would just caution people to just be – just be um, make sure it's fun, okay? Just make sure it's a fun thing for you. It's just like fantasy football in the same way in the sense that, that it makes some games that you would normally care about because, you know, we're Dolphins fans. I don't care what happens to any other team but the Dolphins. But – if you have fantasy football players in a game and you've bet some money on a game, uh, it makes different layers of meaning to some of these games, which is, I, I think, a, a really fun way to spend your Sunday. I have kids, so they take all my money, so I don't really buy anything as it is. I just give them my money, so if I want to throw uh, some bones on a basketball game or a football game, I'm going to do it. and um, And it's kind of a way to... To see where you stand, do you know as much as you think you know? So I, I've always found the um, that world pretty exciting and dynamic. Uh, but again, you just have to be smart and patient and make sure that it's a fun thing for you. There's some questions about what are you going to do with college football? Because while you can probably maintain the integrity of football and basketball and baseball and all that, because these are professionals, right? And the consequences if they get caught are huge. But college football, I saw someone tweet, if you have a kid that's going to a small community college who has no chance of going to the pros or anywhere else and might be looking for a quick payday, what's going to stop this quarterback or this defensive player from shaving five points off at the end of the game? Right? What's going to stop them from throwing the game 
or from fumbling the ball or for, for doing something crazy, you know? So I think the solution there is no betting on college sports. You can only bet on professional sports. And I think it's going to be a lot of states watching each other to see how other states roll it out. Obviously, you have your main example with Vegas, but New Jersey is going to offer it uh, within the next few weeks. And I think a lot of other states are just kind of be cautiously optimistic and fully treading forward. But give it a few years and every state, I believe, will be offering this legally. And I think it's going to be great uh, for the sport. I think it's going to allow more people to get engaged. I even saw something where people said that you can maybe at some point in the near future or in the, down the road have it so you're betting during the actual game. And in the stadium, right, you can predict the next play and you could bet on that. And they're talking about possibly transforming technology to allow to have it in real time in your home. Because right now, as you probably know, there's a delay of a few seconds, five seconds, 10 seconds or so in terms of, you know, what happens in the stadium to when you see it on TV. So the technology exists for already. It would be expensive to bring it into homes, but it's there. And for the hardcore gamblers who want to be engaged every single play and to not go to the bathroom during commercial breaks and keep people in front of the TV, this can really revolutionize the sport. Now, whether it revolutionizes football right away, I don't know. If I had to bet, I would say it's going to revolutionize basketball first because those people there seem to be more forward thinking than football guys. And then I would say probably baseball will be the last one because those are run by a bunch of old school people who don't know how to keep up with the trends of the modern generation. Um, you know, but again, I think it's great. I, I look forward to it and I hope Connecticut takes that step into legalizing it and we could have a lot of fun with this, but you got to be smart. You got to be smart. You can't become a degenerate gambler. You can't go throw in your whole paycheck and you can't double up on the next game, trying to make it all up. And before you know it, you're $5,000 in the hole and you don't know what to do. And then that's when bad things happen, when people make stupid decisions and then things can get a lot, very sticky, very sticky. Don't bet when you've been, yeah, don't bet when you've been drinking. Yeah, certainly not. Certainly not. Very sticky situation. Speaking of sticky situations, Sutton, your Twitter poll, uh, not not really a Twitter poll, but a Twitter bracket you have started on Twitter has received a little bit of controversy in terms of who's being nominated for what. And people have strong <laughs> opinions on some stuff. Do you just want to walk us through what you have going on there on Twitter right now? Yeah, I was just kind of fearing a, a dead season full of dry Ryan Tannehill debates and Jarvis Landry leaving and, you know, all that kind of stuff. The stuff we're just going to recycle because there's nothing new to grind our teeth into. So I figured why not come up with a Dolphins Twitter starting lineup? And basically every position is going to have different traits that we're looking for. Like today, it looks like Houts, our boy, is going to win the Mike linebacker position. This is the first yeah, round. Yeah, I nominated my boy House for that one. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. And, and some of the traits we were looking for, that he's you know kind of an asshole, but in a way that you respect. He's vocal, smart, knows the game. So we're going to have different kinds of traits for every position, and I'm going to do my best to uh, 
incorporate all of Dolphins Twitter. I don't want this to be a who has the most followers sort of thing. So, you know, tomorrow I'll give you a little sneak peek. I'm going to have a, a guard position be next, and I want it to be an underappreciated member of Dolphins Twitter. So someone with under a 1,000 followers and maybe somebody that we don't um, – give the proper respect to just like uh, a guard and the, uh, in today's NFL. So um, unfortunately Houts cannot win multiple starting positions. You're only going to be able to win one. And then I'm just hoping that people uh, will nominate people that they think fit the traits and let's just have fun with this. I mean, it's something to do during dead season and um, it, it would be a nice way to, I think to, uh, get some different intersections of the Dolphins community together and just, just try to have some fun during the, the most brutal and boring time of the NFL season. So how if you're the middle linebacker, where should I fit in or should I even deserve a starting spot on this team? Oh, you absolutely deserve a starting spot. Uh, Thank I you, mean, Houts. thank you. You maybe quarterback. I mean, I, I don't know <laughs> if, Maybe you should just have a quarterback position and then a quarterback position. And maybe like you got Kanata, <laughs> you got Mike, you got those guys that can be the quarterback because that's how they pronounce it. It's like a whole, it's like a, yeah, quarterback. <laughs> so it's above uh, the quarterback. It's like, I it's don't, like, I don't the, it's like the top one, right? Yeah, it's even it's, above. It's, yeah, Ryan it's the Tenet. quarterbacks that really do control Bob wins Greasy. and losses, not just ordinary quarterbacks. These are quarterbacks, so they really yeah. do. They determine wins and losses all by themselves. So where does where does uh, Sutton fit in then? I, I I think of Sutton as like a cornerback. Yeah, I see that. You I know, just... I think I think too lanky to be a running back would get beat up a little bit. Um, <laughs> now, tight see, end. this is the, wait, wait. This is where it's throwing people off. I'm not picking people based on actual body type well, clearly I'm doing clearly. it based on your personality <laughs> clearly, okay? clearly all right so Sutton, what would your uh definition then be for a cornerback well it depends i mean we're gonna have two boundary cornerbacks uh for this year's team and i'm gonna have one that's good at the line of scrimmage with someone that can press you someone that can if if you're not on top of your game they're gonna poke some holes in your story and they're going to get their way to the truth. So we're going to have that type of boundary. So we're going to have a Sam Madison type. Um, and, then gonna shit, some, and then we're going to have, and then we're going to have some, some rovers here. So we're going to have people that are versatile, people that can play off man, can play zone. Um, some people who are more well-rounded. So maybe they cover dolphins. Maybe they cover some news. Maybe they're funny. Um, so I'm just going to try to, try my best to incorporate a lot of different types of things we might be looking for on Dolphins Twitter. At Sutton Lazes Out, that's S-U-T-T-O-N-L-A-C-E-S-O-U-T. If you want to get involved in a Twitter bracket in terms of the starting lineup for Dolphins Twitter, do so now. It's, it's a lot of fun in terms of what's going on in the dead season here. Just gives us something to do and to have an excuse to log on to Twitter each day instead of just sitting on our sofa eating bonbons. All right. I think that's about it for this show. Yeah, I agree. I think your fear poops controversy. I, I try mean, to put a poll. I try to pull a poll. <laughs> I tried to put a poll up and it seems like people uh, took it the wrong way. And, and asked, they kind of get the impression that I'm scared to take poops. <laughs> Someone said they eat wings and then they, they fear their poops because it's hot. I'm thinking that's 
No, that's not fear. No, no. You have, you yeah. have irritable bowel syndrome. You have IBS. <laughs> you need to go see a doctor. It's only no, when those. It's only when special people are coming on. And I would say what they're describing is poop fear. You're describing yeah. fear poops. Okay, yeah, the fear comes spicy, first, and then you poop. Some hot ass wind. Yeah, you're gonna fear that poop. Yeah, and you know it's coming. You just don't know when it's coming. You know it's, it's like coming. Lava. It's like lava, um, and then you're gonna be very fearful. But but for you, I mean, you don't you you know you know when it's coming, but you don't know when it's coming, right? Same thing. You, you it just it just hits you, boom, and of course at all the wrong times because it's IBS and you can't run into a baby's R us. You hey, since we're, on this, since we're on the subject, okay, say it's uh, mid game, okay, and you need to go to the bathroom. Do you take your beer with you? Oh God, the score would have a lot to. No. It would have to do with the if, score. If the if, Dolphins if, are getting if, their ass kicked, if, yes. If I'm at the stadium, <laughs> if I'm at if I'm at the stadium, I do, I do bring my beer into the bathroom. If I'm at home, okay. no, I do not bring my beer into the bathroom. I what if they're getting blown out? If they're getting blown out, you're not going to take it in there and just be so. Why angry. would I take it in the bathroom for? Why can't I just leave it up on the sofa, go to the bathroom, 30, come back and bang it down? It's thirty seconds. <laughs> what, what what's the point of bringing it into the bathroom? I mean, I'll drink my beer in the shower because you can. That's all I got. How I thought you were on my side for this debate. I was. If the, Dolphins, <laughs> if the Dolphins are down three touchdowns, I'm just saying, like, that 30 well, seconds is valuable. Well, I'm going to try to drink two or three beers by the time the commercial's over. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, no. Seriously, seriously, we probably just gave up a third and 19, so we want to just go take a piss. And <laughs> it, it's kind of like it's kind of like the non-suicidal way of blowing your brains out. You just take your beer into the bathroom <laughs> with you, and you're just like, screw it. I'm yeah, a Dolphins fan. You know, yeah. but I, I lie because I'm probably drinking a decent IPA and I don't want stenches to get inside the the no, IPA. You, you don't want any of that. You don't want any of that to, to get in. Well, to how, how can you possibly there? be that inaccurate that you're pissing in your own beer? You're not, Dude, you know, you're not putting – I'm talking about put, the stench, the, like the smells, the aromas could just uh, – I don't Were you don't eating know. asparagus all the night before? You were on an asparagus been. load the night before? No, I'm, I'm just trying lying. to play you devil's advocate. Are... <laughs> no, nah. I'm not taking my beer into the bathroom, okay? That's my final I answer. Am. But I'm trying to give I you will. a reason as to why it's okay. I will. I'm, I'm totally opposed to both of you right now. We the rookies, the rookies had their mini camp. Uh, I don't know if they're still there. I don't. I don't think they are. They might. Stay, yeah, they are still there. I believe. Um, a lot of classroom work. A lot of guys uh, getting into the playbook. Mike Jasicki doing a few interviews. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick doing a ton of interviews with the NFL Network and a lot of other outlets. Houts, I know you posted this on Twitter on Wednesday. Uh, what did Minka Fitzpatrick say? Well, I mean, he went through, you know, what, what he did throughout his uh, rookie mini camps, And then probably the best thing that I've heard him say was, they drafted me to do my job. If stopping Rob Gronkowski is my job, then that's what I'm going to do. And he basically said that he's a competitor. He loves going against the greatest players. And he's ready to ball. So I mean, yes, we were all Yeah, I was ready to run through a wall, and I heard. That. I mean, we all <laughs> we were all were pretty stoked on the Minka Fitzpatrick pick, and just listening to the guy talk. I mean, it's getting me excited for football. Yeah, he's going to be one hell of a player. All right, listen, you just heard our conversation. It is the dead season. We're going to keep you entertained. We hope you weren't offended by any of that. Uh, that won't be a common occurrence if you were offended, if, if you loved it. Uh, again, it won't be a common occurrence, but we will try to bring some liveliness to our discussions in the offseason. 
We will try to talk a lot of football, a lot of Dolphins. We will try to center all of our discussion around football. But it is what it is this time of the year. It's really not going to pick up until mid-July, folks. I mean, we've got the OTAs coming up. We're going to get some on-field work, but we're not going to get a ton out of that unless there's some crazy thing happening on the field there. Um, you know, it's really not going to pick up again until training camp, but we do hope you stick with us over the next few weeks and months as we head into the regular season. We will have all the information for you when we have it. And again, we will do our best to make you laugh and to make you keep coming back for more Finsider Radio. Any last words, certain and house? Nah, we love you guys. Yeah, please keep listening. All right. For certain, the creepy soccer dad and house MD, I am MC Money. Thank you for listening to Finsider Radio. We will talk to you next time. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. O, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O Rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. O, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hi, I'm Karis Fisher. I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Recode Decode. Every week I talk to tech and media's key players about how they're changing our world. I interview tech executives like Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, political figures like Hillary Clinton, and media personalities like John Kerryu, who literally wrote the book on Theranos. 
Once again, the name of the show is Recode Decode, hosted by me, Kara Swisher. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. See you there. <laughs>